Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. He is Good morning. As we have been studying and looking at the liturgy, we have arrived today at looking at the gospel reading itself. And this is quite apropos because Paul tells us this morning, Brethren, I would have you know that the gospel which was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now notice he said he was not taught it. This from a man who was very well educated. He knew the scriptures, the Old Testament, forwards and backwards. He did not learn it. He was not taught it. It was revealed to him. In other words, there is, again, this two different experiences within the human mind. The intellectual experience of God, which is what he get from studying the scriptures and being taught the scriptures, and then the noetic experience of the mind, wherein we have inspiration, where we experience beauty, where we find revelation. And so this gospel, which he received from Jesus Christ, he got through this noetic experience that he had with the risen Lord appearing before him and taking him up into the heavens. And so we have to take a moment here and look at the word revelation and kind of really sort of chew on it and see what it means. In the Greek, revelation is apocalypse. In the modern mind, we associate apocalypse with, you know, the end of the world, the destruction of all things. Well, in Greek, it actually means Revelation. More literally, uh, the calypso means to cover or to bury. And so therefore, apocalypse is, means to uncover, to wipe away what's getting in the way of us being able to see it or understand it. So it reveals. It is a revelation. And if we look at the way the Jews understood revelation, there are a couple of very important things that we need to understand. Uh, First is the idea that God is a living God. He does not exist in empty idols. This is something very strange in the world of paganism where people would have statues or objects that they would worship and offer sacrifices to. The fact that the Jews claimed that there was no idol or picture or object that they would bow down to because theirs was a living God was unusual in the ancient world. Second, that he is hidden from men. One of the reasons you can't have an idol of God is because we, the Jews didn't know what he looked like. And he does not unite himself with men, nor is his, his revelation a continuous experience. We see this with the prophets. The prophets pop up when they're necessary. They only speak 
when God reveals to them what they need to speak. So Isaiah, for example, wasn't going around all of the time speaking about what God was talking to him about because he, God only let him know when it was necessary. If we look at the time of the judges, God would intervene only when it was necessary and rise up a leader amongst the people to protect the people in times of need. He wasn't there all the time. And thirdly, he consistently has revealed three things about himself. Uh, Number one, he is the Lord of history. He acts inside of history. There are definitive events that the Jewish people attributed to God. The most important, of course, being that of the Passover, of the release of the people from Egypt, the crossing of the Red Sea, and going into the wilderness and then inheriting the land of promise. You have armies and nations sweeping across the world and conquering the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. These are attributed to God that these were punishments because the people of God had turned their back on God. So these events are due to God acting in history. And finally, he is the creator and sustainer of the world. Now this differs radically from the pagan world. If you read the mythologies of just about any peoples, you will see that whatever creator gods happen to be, take something else and create with it. Uh, For example, in uh, the Mesopotamian mythos, Marduk kills Tiamat, and from Tiamat's heart, he squeezes out blood and creates humanity. So he doesn't create out of nothing. He takes something that already exists and creates with it. God, the God of the Jews, creates from nothing. He is the creator of all things so that he doesn't have to have something else there to create with. He is the creator of all things and he sustains all things. And the final thing that we need to understand about the Jewish understanding of a revelation is that there is this expectation sometime in the future that God will fully reveal himself sometime in the future. Now, with the coming of Christ, these things change because that future expectation is now. Christ not only proclaims the coming of the kingdom, he is the kingdom. The future is already present in him. And this revelation includes a realization that God is Trinity. He shows us the Father. He shows us the Holy Spirit. And this revelation, this showing of who He is, is an intimate experience. He is friends with His disciples. John lays across his chest at the Last Supper. He shows his disciples his hands and his side, invites them to touch them. He comes to Paul personally and lifts him up into the heavens. At our baptism, 
we are sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit Himself. This is an extremely intimate experience of God and a revelation of who He is. However, God is still hidden because we still do not depict the Father as anything in our iconography because we have never seen Him except through the person of Christ. Our icon of the Father is Christ as the Pantocrator, as the Almighty, the title we give to the Father in the Nicene Creed. So there is still that expectation that while we have been given the heavenly kingdom, we have been revealed the Holy Trinity, we have this intimate experience with God, there is yet more to be revealed. And this is where we, in our sinfulness and in our weaknesses, come into play. Because we are the ones that are mainly getting in the way of the full revelation of God. Because if we understand the glory that is shown to Peter, James, and John on Mount Tabor at the Transfiguration, to be something that exists from the moment that Christ is conceived, He is pouring forth that glory. And yet people don't see it, cannot perceive it. It means that we are getting in the way, that God does not think that we are yet ready to see the full glory of who he is. And so therefore, the fallen world continues to exist out of mercy. Because when the second coming happens, and all that is hidden, all that is hidden is revealed, that means each one of us must come face to face with the totality of our sins, the totality of the damage that we have done in our lives. And for the normal human being, that is too much. And so therefore, God gives us the church. God gives us the ability to face our sins one at a time, a little bit by a little bit, and be forgiven them one at a time. Every single time we come and partake of the body and blood of Christ, we are forgiven our sins so that when the veil is pulled back and the full glory of God is shown to us and all of our sins are revealed, nothing will be new because we've dealt with our sins one at a time. And therefore, we must understand that when we come to church and gather as the church and hear the gospel, the gospel is an encounter with Christ himself. Because Christ is the revelation of God. He is that eschatology that was expected in the future by the Jews. He is the revelation of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And because the gospel is about Christ and his church, it is an encounter with him. And therefore, we stand to listen to it because we're standing in the glory of God. We are told, peace be with you before we listen to it, so that we know that there is nothing that stands in between us and this encounter with God. And that listening to these words, listening to the Logos of God, we might be transformed. For example, St. Anthony the Great 
heard the passage from the Gospel of Christ telling the rich man to give away everything to the poor and to follow him, heard that and understood it to be said directly to him. And so he sold all that he had, gave it to the poor, and went out into the desert to become a monk, to become a hermit, and to become closer to God. So when we listen to these words, when we encounter Christ through these words, if we allow it to be, it can be a transformative experience. Because again, this is God that we are encountering. And with God, anything is possible. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, and to the ages of ages.